Hello Life Changers, thank you so much for joining us. We have got an amazing word for you, so why don't you lean in, grab a notebook and pen, and get ready for what God has to say to you today. We're starting a series, and it's, it's not complicated, it's called The Heart of It. If you realize, we're very hearty people. There's a guy, Simon Sinek, who years ago brought an idea that he said, actually, most people are caught up with what they do. But not too many people can answer the question of why do you do what you do? See, there's the what you do and there's the how you do it. But, but if you were to try to determine, if you were to try to communicate why you do what you do. Maybe if I asked you, why do you spend your finances the way you do? Why do you spend your time with the people you do? Why do you not spend your time in certain ways? Why do you not give your energies to other things? I think the challenge is too many of us wouldn't have answers for that. And yet at the heart of it, which means the very essence and importance of what God's called us to, I'm telling you, there's a kingdom, spiritual, eternal mandate. And we as the church often forget to remember that the thing that holds us is not the goodness of the here and now, When I sing about the goodness of God, I first and foremost sing about an eternity that I have with Him. Can I just settle that from a theological point of view? It's the eternity that He has bought and paid and it is settled and secured. And then He says, on this side of eternity, I can access His goodness, His kindness, His favor. There's His call that He speaks on this side of eternity. There's His grace that He pours out on this side of eternity. And you can partner that on this side of eternity. That's my why. That's my why. Remember sitting with uh, the CEO of a multinational I worked for. He called me in because he heard I'd resigned. And he heard this crazy story that I was going into work for a church. He was a Dutch man who's now head second in line of Unilever Global. His name's Kees Kreitov. He's a good man, so I'm going to tell you his name. But he looked like the Archer's Aquaman. Do you remember the Archer's? <laughs> Do you remember the Archer's Aquaman? He was like this, he like blonde hair and just like everything was just in place. Anyway, you should have watched more advertising. I'm an advertising guy. So, and, and he called me and says, what are you doing? With a Dutch accent. I'm not going to try to do that. I said, well, I'm, 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 God called me to go work, lead church. Now he doesn't care about church. So he says, what? I said, no. He says, but you can't do that. I said, but I can. He said, but you can't. And he's, we did this awkward standoff. And then the only way he knew how to defer, he, he tried to push a bottle of whiskey across the table. He's like this. So like God says, go get it out your system. I'll see you in two years' time. <laughs> and fortune has been a little longer than two years, and God has been incredibly kind. But, but deep down, I love people. And I want to take us to a scripture, and we're going to take us to a scripture of the next week, weeks. And I want to just read it this morning. It's Luke 15. It's a well-worn text in the gospel, in the Bible. I just want us to read the scripture today. I want to make one point, and that's us for today. Is that good? Will you turn your eyes to the screen? Let's read it together or grab your Bibles. Let's read from Luke chapter 15. Then Jesus said, once there was a father with two sons. The younger son came to his father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me a share of your estate that belongs to me? So the father went ahead and distributed amongst the two sons their inheritance. Shortly afterward, the younger son packed up all his belongings and traveled off to see the world. He journeyed to a far off land where soon... He soon wasted all he was given in a binge of extravagance and reckless living. With everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry, for there was a severe famine in that land. 
So he begged a farmer in that country to hire him. The farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. The son was so famished, he was willing to even eat the slop given to the pigs because no one would feed him a thing. Humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing and he thought, there are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why am I dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? I want to go back home to my father's house. I'll say to him, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I'll never be worthy to be called your son. Please, Father, just treat me like one of your employees. So the young man sent off for home. From a long distance off, his father saw him coming, dressed as a beggar, and great compassion welled up in his heart for his son who was returning home. So the father raced out to meet him. He swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, and kissed him all over and over with tender love. Then the, father, then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. The father interrupted him and said, Son, you're home now. Turning to his servants, the father said, Quick, bring me the best robe, my very best robe, own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Bring the ring, the seal of sonship, and I will put it on his finger and bring out the best shoes you can find for my son. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate. For this beloved son of mine was once dead, but now he's alive again. Once he was lost, but now he is found. And everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. And there's more to the story, and I could read further. Can I ask the band to maybe join me and end? We're going to worship just a little bit more this morning. I was reading that scripture, and I've read it so many times. I've preached it many times. There's so many different characters. There's, the one that intrigues me is the older brother who gets caught up and that's mine and he shouldn't have that. And we all go, well, we could probably relate. Anyone relate to that? I can. They're like, hey, that's not fair. I've got three kids. If I give like a, a quarter of a single block of chocolate more to the one, <laughs> like I'm talking like a nut that's hanging over the edge. And, and the one sees that, it's, it's devastation. It's like World War III in my house. It's like, no! So we can relate. We can relate, I think, I hope, most of us, if we're honest enough, to the son who went off, actually, and squandered. You know how many times I've come to church and said, yeah, God, that promise I made to you that I didn't keep. I, I, I mean, I've been in church since I was 14 years old, passionately. I have made probably thousands of promises to God that I haven't kept, that I've squandered. I, I've wanted to go on journeys. I see the, the challenge, and I think we've got to be so gracious with our young people coming in and through the church. I think we've got to hold them very open hand. I think we've got to love them and keep loving them. I think we've got to be incredibly gracious because they're at that time of life where they've got to navigate. They've got to understand it's confusing. And, and there's things that their eyes are attracted to, and we've got to love them and say, I'm not going to tell you how bad that is. I'm going to tell you how good he is. I'm going to show you how good he is. I'm going to show you through my life and my devotion how I love him. And if you see something of me in him, see him. But in all of this, the thing that captures me is the father. Like I said, I'm a dad of three boys. And, uh, and it's, it's daunting. 
They've got their own desires and dreams and thoughts and passions. What's most scary is how much alike they are to me sometimes. That scares me more than anything. Like, be like your mother. Best advice I could ever give you. She's much nicer than me and people like her a lot more. Be like mom. But this was the thing when I read it this morning and I've got a whole other preach preach, so that's good. Said, the son started talking and he started rationalizing, he started justifying, he started his explanation. He's en route. Could you imagine that long walk home? He's like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, dad, I'm so sorry. And dad, I've got this. And I just, he just plans it all out. He's got the whole soliloquy worked out. And he gets home. And what catches him first off guard is the father starts running to him. Not like, I'm over here. No, father starts running to him. He's running to you today, sir or ma'am. And then the son starts a soliloquy that he planned every step of the way. I, I sinned and I, I messed up, Dad says. Then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I could never deserve what called to be your son. I deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. And the father interrupts him. Son, you're home now. You know what our why is? Because to be honest, I don't want this couple to go. Selfishly. Because on Tuesday mornings, we pray as an eldership team. And that's one of the faces that I love seeing the most. But they're sons who don't know how to get to the Father. They don't know the way. Somebody's got to show them. Somebody's got to love them. And, and, and it's inconvenient for my family right now to be pouring finances into a building and it's going, God, I'm not sure if I'm that keen for that. And he says, actually, but I'm a father and I need my son's home. See, there's one perfect father, one glorious father, his, the father in heaven. And so as we navigate this, I just want to tell you, will you allow God to interrupt you? Anyone good at self-justifying in the room? Okay, four honest people. Five, six, okay. No, we are masters of it. Anyone good at explaining why? Like, like we, sometimes I remember I knew I was going to do a naughty thing. I would have the reason I did it before, ready, before I did it. Because I knew I'd have to explain it. Okay, I, I was that good at self-justifying. And then God says, I, I just got to interrupt you. Stop. You're home now. Can we stand together? Uh, this is a different morning, I realize. This Christianity is not a course. At the end of it, you get some kind of certificate. It's not a, um, like discovery points. You don't get discovery points for your journey. And if you get enough, you get into heaven. It's not that. It's a journey of encounter. It's a journey of, keep saying, of, of keeping saying yes to the call of the Father. It's a journey of coming home. And um, one of my friends is having a journey with his son right now. That's a tough journey. It's a journey of 
rebellion and pushing away and choosing another direction. And my only prayer is, Father, bring him home. Just bring him home. Bring him home. Give him the courage. Give him the strength. Give him the sight. Give him, give him the wisdom in his young age. Give him the healing from a story. Just bring him home. My encouragement to you today, will you allow the Father to interrupt you today? As you self-justify and try to explain away. Or will you allow him to interrupt you today? I know it's a little bit feely and there's been tears and I'm not overtired. I'm just removed by being reminded how much God loves his children. If you're a parent in the room today, you'll know. You're only as strong as your weakest child sometimes. And yet if the, the Father in heaven doesn't get perfect kids, because I ain't no perfect kid, I can promise you. But I get a perfect Father and so do you. Maybe you're in the room this morning and you're saying, actually, I didn't know my dad or my dad didn't do well. Christianity and these songs we sing and the story buying to and his kingdom is just a journey. It's a journey to a father. It's a journey to healing and wholeness and life. There's no points, there's no certificate. There's just a father with arms open wide saying, you're home now. So can we worship this morning? Can we lift our hands just one more time? I pray in this room this morning, chains would come off. Not because of anything we said, but because of the goodness of you, God, and your kindness and your love and your grace. Jesus, break chains and set your children free. The journey would be made, Lord, that the justification would go quiet. And I pray, Spirit of God, in this place, this morning, right now, freedom and life come. A revelation of the glorious Father. Settle upon each and every heart this morning. Oh, we worship you, God. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to take your next step or find out what is happening in the life of the church, head over to our website or follow us on social media. Cheers.